from Jerusalem. This is General Ike, building Jerusalem. Our guest today is Issa Jaber, the mayor of Abu Ghosh. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi. You are welcome. This, uh, this town, this village, Abu Ghosh, is unique in many ways. What's, where does the history of Abu Ghosh start for you? What's the moment that defines this town? Okay, Abu Ghosh is a very ancient town was uh, created a long time before, but my family immigrated to this place uh, according to the historians uh, some 500 years ago. But my town is located upon what's called the biblical Kiryat Yarim. A location mentioned several times in the Bible. As well, this location of Abu Ghosh is very well known for since the Roman Empire era, where the first church was created on the top of the hill of Kiryat Yarim in the 6th century by the Byzantines. Uh, and this place, the, the, the location of Abu Ghosh is very well known because of the biblical stories, especially the Ark of Covenant story, where the Ark, according to the Bible, was brought from Bethshemesh to Kiryat Yarim, and King David, later on, when he became the king of Jerusalem, the first thing he did, he came to Kiryat Yarim to take the ark there. According to the Muslims, it's the place of Al-Azhar, uh, uh, Al who is recognized as a prophet for Muslims, who used to live in this neighborhood. And of course, it's the corridor leads to the holy city of Jerusalem. So the whole location of my town, Abu Ghosh, which is well known by the richness of water resources in the past, and many peoples used to live here since three up to 5,000 years ago, even according to the archeology, span this location was uh, populated or settled by different nations since the Neolithical period, it means 10,000 years ago. And as a result of the excavations took place here, a lot of elements were found by the experts, and this neighborhood shows that the, this place was settled since 10,000 years ago. Why? I think because of the richness of 
water resources first, and second because of the strategical location of this place, which is the place connected between the, 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 the coast of Jaffa up to the uh, uh, mountains of Jerusalem and from there to the other side of the desert to Jordan, to Syria, even to Arabia. So the strategical location of this place let a lot of nations come and capture this neighborhood. Later on, the, 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 the crusaders, of course, who arrived here in the 12th century and they built the, mon the monastery here on the basics of the Roman castle uh, in the first f uh, flat. So the crusaders took a lot of, uh, of elements around this neighborhood and they built their uh, commandership and their monastery in this place because they believe as Christians and uh, Catholics in particular that it's the place where Jesus the Christ was sent alive three days after his death. So this location by the Catholics is uh, well known by Emmaus a location where it is the place of uh, uh, Jesus the Christ uh, who uh, was uh, shown by his students going around this neighborhood. So as you see by three religions it's very important place so we have a lot of tourists religious tourists who used to come and visit in this, uh, in this town especially from Europe, America, and many other places. So, Abu Ghosh is, uh, the history of Abu Ghosh is connected with the history of Jerusalem because it's located on the main road from the uh, western side of the country to Jerusalem. Moving forward, where does the modern history of Abu Ghosh begin for you? Uh, the people of Abu Ghosh in general, they are people <clears throat> looking for peace all the time. And they used to be peace builders from the early time, especially before the creation of the State of Israel. The people of Abu Ghosh used to mediate between the Arab uh, neighbors and the Jewish neighbors, especially in the kibbutzes in this neighborhood. And they used to keep good neighborhood with everybody, the Arabs and the Jews. So maybe of uh, those attitudes, the uh, town of Abu Ghosh was preserved after the 1948 war as the only Arab-Palestinian town in this neighborhood where the others were damaged or left because of the war. Uh, and we, the new generation, we try to uh, keep the traditions of the, our fathers and grandfathers to have what's called uh, the balance or to keep the balance between each group by uh, having good relationship with everybody. 
Why? Because we are not decision makers. We cannot decide upon the upper uh, policy of the whole country. We are living our regular life and we try to cultivate our relationship uh, with the others to have a good neighborhood at least, not more. How did your story come to be uh, woven in with Abu Ghosh's story? You were born yourself in Jerusalem, right? No, saying that I was born in Jerusalem, in the hospital in Jerusalem, but I... Uh, you were I, raised here. Yeah, because in Abu Ghosh we have no hospital. So I was born in Jerusalem, in the hospital, but uh, my, my parents and our roots are here all the time. We are living here. But I was born in Jerusalem, but uh, later living in Abu Ghosh. But I completed my high st my secondary school studies in Jerusalem, because in that time we had no secondary school here, only elementary school. So Jerusalem for me it's the the, the, the second place uh, after Abu Ghosh that I would I like to 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 be there and uh, to connect with the people there, Arabs and Jews as one. Let's move back to Abu Ghosh for now, and perhaps we'll circle back to Jerusalem again later. But in terms of your life here in Abu Ghosh, how was it that you came to be involved in politics and became mayor? You come from a political family, right? No, that's, uh, it's not a must. Uh, I used to be the head of the education department in the formal uh, municipality. Uh, and after 30 years of activities in education, I decided to, to move to politics, to local politics. And I won the elections uh, since uh, 2013. And it's my fifth year that at least at the end of this year, there is a new election in the whole country and in my town as well. And I'm going to to put my candidate again to be a mayor for the second season as well. Kanzeltov, may you be very successful. I hope so. Your hope so. your work in the past, you uh, between religious groups, has been very yeah, outspoken. In the past, I as used uh, I used to be uh, as a volunteer, of course. The chairperson of what's called the ICCI, the Interreligious Coordinating Council in Israel. It's a huge organization, contains more than 58, 59 organizations, uh, religious organiza organizations, educational, social, and others, who used to work for a peaceful life uh, among different groups here in Israel and sometimes between groups in Israel and abroad. And your, what would you say your message has been through that, through these organizations and through these dialogues? All the time I used to say that I am uh, very optimistic uh, toward the peace process because at least there are the majority of people Jews and Arabs, Palestinians and Israelis, they are for peace. But uh, the argument is, or the conflicts, are around how to achieve this peace. 
where each side tries to 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 have more privileges in this peace process. And I used to say that at least Jews and Arabs are cousins. We have the, a lot of common values, common traditions. We are neighbors. So at least we should make what's called compromise between each other in order to achieve not uh, an absolute justable peace, but at least accepted peace between uh, both sides and if we have no compromise we cannot go ahead uh, from the other side i believe that we cannot have a progress in the peace process if we uh, if we choose uh, the alternative of uh, of violence, because violence never resolve any problem between two nations or two neighbors. So I used to say that let's open more dialogues, negotiations, in order to have a kind of reconciliation between both sides. And me myself as an educator in the past, I believe in the power of education and social activities between the peoples, not only between the decision makers, the politicians and the diplomats. Me, myself, I see myself as a peace builder on the level of people to people. And if we build a good infrastructure of peace builders, between both sides, Arabs and Jews, Israelis and Palestinians, I, I believe we can achieve a normal peace between two neighbors. But everything starts at home. If we in Abu Ghosh manage well with our neighbors around here, I want to see that every Arab town with every Jewish town in the whole country making the same thing, managing well with the neighbors. Otherwise, we, we cannot reach the point of, uh, of uh, conducting what's called the treaties and agreements between two, two sides. So it's very important, but don't forget that we have obstacles in the peace process road. And Jerusalem may be one of the critic uh, points or obstacles between both sides. What do you see as the other obstacles? Of course, you know, from the, at least the Palestinian side, of course, they have a lot of other obstacles like the issue of the right of return for the refugees, compensations, uh, the borders, to fix the borders between the two, two entities, uh, the issue of uh, trade, uh, and many other uh, practical issues uh, which is not uh, resolved yet was discussed in Oslo 1 and Oslo 2, but nothing was done on the ground. 
uh, but Jerusalem is still uh, from the most, uh, let me say, uh, the, the, the most difficult issue between both sides. Uh, but if you ask me, um, as a man who believes in the holiness of life of a human being, I believe that uh, the, the human being life is more uh, valuable than uh, stones and locations and physical issues. And Jerusalem is very holy place for three monotheistic religions, Muslims, uh, Jews, and Christians. And it should be an open city. Uh, and somehow the sovereignty upon this city should be conducted in such a way that both sides can agree upon it. But to declare that it's the eternal city of Israel or Palestine, it doesn't help any side. The conflict will be deeper. And I think America and the declaration of President Trump had to take in consideration that negotiation is the best way and not to have only declaration from outside. I believe the Israelis and the Palestinians should sit down, open dialogues, negotiate and conclude the whole issues by themselves. Nobody can help them. If they want really to achieve what's called a, a real peace. But uh, for propaganda and for uh, declarations, uh, maybe we we cannot go ahead and we cannot uh, resolve anything. You mentioned the importance of managing well with your neighbors, the fact that Abu Ghosh gets along well with uh, neighboring Jewish villages, yeah. uh, neighboring Muslim villages. What would you say for, for villages, for people living here who don't get along so well with their neighbors, what's, what's the key to doing that and how do you get started? Look, for the Arabs who are citizens of the state of Israel, they have no political aspirations. We are looking only for one thing, to have equality, uh, more opportunities for e equality. But if we talk about the Israelis and the Palestinians across the border, I think there is a real political conflict because both sides are uh, having the, the dispute upon the same, uh, the same uh, land and the same locations. Uh, but, but if you ask about Abu Ghosh, I believe uh, has good experience and uh, presenting a good model of common life and coexistence between Arabs and Jews who live in this neighborhood because we have no conflicts with the others. Maybe we have some arguments, but it doesn't mean that we are enemies. We never think about the others as enemies. We look to the others as neighbors, as people who are living with us, 
and we share them a lot of common uh, elements. And I hope the others do the same thing, and I believe they do the same thing, but you know, each community has its own uh, problems and uh, difficulties. And now the Israeli-Arab minority in Israel, they suffer maybe some uh, economic uh, problems, uh, no political problems. Would you, have you encountered uh, instances in the past here where maybe the relationship wasn't so good? And if so, how did you get through that? Look, uh, for us, of course, uh, the, 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 those views depend upon education at home for both sides, the Jews and the Arabs. When you grow up in a society who believe in coexistence and common life, so you have no problem with the others. But the problem is if you grow up with uh, some radical views, not accepting the others because they are different than you, it's a big problem. I believe that in Australia, you have a good model of harmony and coexistence between different groups. During my visit to Australia, I have visited in different schools there, Jewish schools, public schools, and Muslim schools. And I discovered that there are a lot of uh, open channels between those schools where they used to visit each other and study together once a week upon a specific subject. So those open channels bring the whole community to, to feel in harmony and to accept each, each other. Uh, but uh, what's in the, the, the difference that in Australia you have no political arguments or political conflicts between those groups. And here in Israel, yes, we do. Okay. Let's talk about the city of Abu Ghosh itself. You have a, a new masjid. Yeah. What's the story behind that? How did you come to possess such a grand building? Yeah, the new masjid or mosque was something important for our community because the town uh, people were increased and we have uh, no big... A mosque to enable people to pray, especially on Friday pray. And the ancient one was very small. So we started building a big uh, a big uh, masjid or mosque in order to enable people, especially the women who had no place to, to pray, uh, to share and participate in the Friday uh, pray. Uh, and it was, uh, it seems that it was very uh, difficult to complete the building, the construction, because of lack of money uh, to continue the building, because uh, according to the Israeli laws, building mosques uh, is not supported by the government or the local authorities like the, the municipalities. So the money should become as tzedakah, as charity from the people. And we are a small town, the people gave charity, but it was not enough 
to continue or to complete the building. So we applied for uh, some, some help from the Chichenese brothers who gave uh, uh, financial aid for us to complete uh, the building. Great timing. Uh, could we wait till the... No, till but the... it's a part of your question. Okay. Oh, this is, this is a part of it? Yeah. Yes. Fantastic, fantastic background. So this masjid was, um, this is the second biggest after the Al-Aqsa Masjid. I'm not sure, but it, won, it is one of the, 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 the big mosques in the whole country. But what's important of this mosque was that it's a very beautiful one. It's, uh, it was built in a different uh, uh, architecture. Turkish architecture, right? Yeah, uh, Ottoman Turkish architecture. With uh, four minarets, four floors, and located on four dunams. Uh, Dunham is like an acre? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Is it, is it uh, very popular on Jumas? What? Like, does, the, does the masjid fill out on Jumas? Yeah, in Jumas, at least the uh, two upper floors are full of prayers. One for women, one for men. But we still have uh, two other floors used for other activities, which are empty. What, what are these other activities? Uh, like conferences, uh, like uh, receptions, and sometimes uh, teaching uh, Islam studies for kids. Yeah. You've, you've mentioned in the past and the, uh, you've mentioned in the past the, uh, you've mentioned in the past the importance of religion as a force towards peace rather than as a force the other way. Could you expand a bit on that idea? Look, uh, all the time I used to, to say that uh, Yes, it's very difficult to separate religion from uh, politics or uh, what's going on in the political arena. But uh, we are in contemporary era that we have to uh, decide upon the issues by mind, not by emotions and religious uh, references. And I say that uh, uh, religion is very important thing for our self-confidence. Uh, and uh, I believe that the majority of our community, at least, are believers people who believe in, in Islam and they would like really to implement Islamic 
traditions and regulations, but they take in consideration that we are not living in a Muslim state. So we should make, make the balance between the two issues to keep from one side our Islamic traditions and from the other side to implement the civil life in the state of Israel, which is uh, not a Muslim state. Okay? And if we succeed to keep this balance, I think it will be very uh, important success. But not everybody can do it. Sometimes people behave such as uh, they are living in a Muslim state and they don't take in consideration the, the people who live around us and with us who are not Muslims. So it's very important uh, for us to be moderate in this issue and to accept the others as brothers, as people that we live with and we should keep this good relationship with and not to let some radical Muslim thoughts dominate our life. Could you give an example of what you're talking about when you say people who aren't considerate? For example, there are some uh, groups uh, within the, the, the Arab uh, community who ignore the, 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 the existence of the others, especially the Jewish people, uh, who came later and they, uh, they don't manage with them because they uh, look to them as strangers, uh, as foreigners. And I say it's a mistake. We should accept everybody as, as is, as is, and to deal with him uh, according to our traditions and their own traditions that we should go together and not one against the other. Bring it down to a very practical level. Could you give an example? When you say not accepting the others, right? That's a very abstract thing in a practical uh, sense. Let me tell you something. There are some Jewish radical groups like the settlers or the ultra-Orthodox groups who don't accept the Arab minority within the same society. And they never have direct connections with them. And I say it's a mistake. We are living in the same neighborhood, so we can all the time have uh, dialogues, open channels to speak to each other and to accept each other. The same thing, there are maybe some Muslims who don't, radical Muslims, who don't accept the Jews. And it's a mistaken thing that uh, at least we are living together and we should accept each other. Uh, and we have uh, no legi legitimation to, to, uh, to change the, 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 the characteristics of the other. We should accept them as they are. Okay. Their dress, their uh, ceremonies, their, uh, we should accept them as is, 
but it doesn't mean it should be uh, an obstacle to blockade uh, the groups from each other. Yeah. You said that the that Abu Ghosh and Jerusalem were intimately linked, and you've previously said, "I've been to many places in the world, but I've never seen anywhere like Jerusalem." Yeah, look, Jerusalem, because uh, it's a unique place, first of all. It's a place that uh, gives you uh, different feelings when you are there. The, you can talk to the stones, to the rocks, to the buildings, to the streets, and of course with the people. Uh, it gives me a different feeling that I belong to the place, and the place is the center of a lot of civilizations. Uh, it's the, 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 the place of uh, different religions uh, where we share the same places, but each from his own belief and from his own traditions, Jews, Muslims, and Christians. Uh, you just see the groups there, Muslims on Friday go to the Al-Aqsa Mosque, the Jews to the Western Wall, the Christians to their ch churches there. And it gives you a feeling that we all together belong to this place. So you cannot find another city or another place like Jerusalem. Never. Never. Why? Because of the connection with the location. Okay. History, religion, traditions, uh, civilization, whatever. You can find all of them in the same place. What's your vision of a better Jerusalem? Look, I would like to see Jerusalem as a city realizing a genuine peace between different nations. Give the dimension and the aspiration for everybody to, to feel the peace inside himself and to realize the peace process for Jerusalem as a city that we all together belong to and we all together love it. So love cannot be realized on a planet of killing each other because of the city. The city should be the point to, of unification to make all the nations united around the city, but not to kill each other for the city. Because the value of spirits of a human being is more valuable than the physical structure of the city. So it's my message, it's my vision at least, to see that Jerusalem is the city of the three monotheistic religions. Each enjoys his freedom in this city and where everybody loves everybody there. Okay? Thank you. One final question, if you will, Mary Sajabir. Is it true that 
Abu Ghosh is the home of the best hummus in the world. <laughs> Look, as a mayor, I believe uh, that our hummus is good, but I cannot say as the best in the whole world. But I would like to see that our hummus is the best every time. To have more tourists and visitors to our places here and to let the people make more profits from selling hummus. Yeah. Mary Sajalba, it's been an honor. Thanks to Perrin Walker and Daniel Kenny. This is General Ike, Building Jerusalem.